Next up, we have Greg Moore, uh, who, you know, like Ben, has a, a similar heart. It's for pastors. Uh, uh, he's a father in the faith, someone who, who loves to uh, encourage and, and come alongside other ministers to, to help them to, to do the work that God's called us to. And, um, you know, Greg is um, currently uh, heading up uh, Andrew Womack's uh, Association of Related Ministries International Army um, which is uh, doing a great work really in uh, just connecting ministers and, and being relational like that. And uh, he's also involved in Karis Bible College and Andrew's uh, Womack's ministry. And so uh, it's really a privilege for us to have Greg uh, with us today. And uh, I really just appreciate him. He's also one of the guys like Ben is that uh, I can call up when there's a, an issue or I'm unsure about something or we've got a crisis. And so really just a privilege for us to have you uh, Greg Moore uh, in the house, and so you can unmute and go for it, Greg. Awesome. Can you hear me? Yes, that's great. Awesome. Well, it's great to be with you guys. It's a real, it's a real privilege, as as Ben shared, to uh, be able to share with the with the leadership team, uh, the pastors at Grace Life. Uh, church, I'm, I'm just, I count it, it's my honor and my privilege to be in relationship with Shane and, and, um, and, and you guys, uh, man, I, I just, I just think, you know, you're awesome. I believe what you're doing is significant and, uh, man, wasn't that great? What, what Ben was sharing, I, I wrote some, several things down about, you know, managing your choices in line with your priorities and, you change your priorities and you change the pressures in your life, man. That was a, that was a zinger. I'm going to, I'm going to nick that off of you there, Ben, if that's okay. <laughs> and then I like those three areas of, you know, what, what you, what you want to do, what you must do and what you shouldn't do, <laughs> man, that's awesome. I, I, I love it. That was, that was really good. Uh, well, I want to, I want to start off with a funny, if that's okay. Um, this is called the new CEO. So there was a company here in the States, a big steel company and felt it was time for a shakeup and they hired a new CEO and the new boss was determined to rid the company of all slackers on a tour of the facilities. The CEO noticed a guy leaning against a wall. The room was full of workers and he wanted to let them know he really meant business. So he asked the guy, how much money do you make per week? A little bit surprised, the young man looked at him. He said, well, I make $400 a week. Why? The CEO said, wait right here. He walked back to his office, came back in two minutes, handed the guy $1,600 in cash and said, here's four weeks pay. Now get out and don't come back. <laughs> Feeling pretty good about himself, the CEO looked around the room and asked, does anybody want to tell me what that goofball did around here? From, from across the room, a voice said, he was a pizza delivery guy from Domino's. <laughs> oh, so the moral, of that, the moral of that story is you, want to, you, you, you never want to assume that you know what's really going on with your people or your church uh, just, be, just by appearances. Uh, you know, you want to you want to make sure you take time to to discover 
what's really going on, man. When I've assumed, uh, you know, you can judge what people do based on the word, but when you, when you start judging, judging their motives or assuming why they did it, you're setting yourself up to be, uh, to embarrass yourself and you need to really check out and determine uh, the behind the scenes and, and, and we look, you never completely know the story of a marriage situation by listening to listening to just one uh, of the of the uh, spouses. Uh, man, I I've made I've made assumptions listening to someone's story, especially if they're you know if the woman comes in and she's crying and she's talking about how she's been verbally abused and all this and. And then, you know, you come in and you, you talk, you talk to the guy and you find out it's a, an entirely different story or vice versa. So, you know, if you're going to be a good leader, uh, never assume that, you know, the whole story uh, just by just by appearances or listening to one person. So, um, you know, I've got a couple of things that are really strong in my heart today to to share with you. Um, first of all. Um, I, I, I just want you to pause for a second here and I want, and I want you to let me share with you what I feel and sense it's on God's heart that he, that he wants me to communicate to you. If, if Jesus were to walk in, into this zoom meeting and share this with you. And I'm not saying that, like, I think I've, what I've got to say is more important than anyone else, but I really feel that the Lord wants me to, to just get you to pause and, and just on a, on a heart level, receive what he wants to say to you today in, in two words. And that is, thank you. He really, he really wants you to receive the fact that he is so, touched and blessed by how you've laid your lives down, how you've dealt with all the COVID stuff, how you've dealt with problems, how you've, you know, how you've loved that EGR, that extra grace required person, <laughs> how you've dealt with the sandpaper people, how you've put up with problems, how you've, you know, how you've dealt with disappointments, all, all kinds of things uh, look, I pastored for 27 years, and so I know what pastors go through. I'm not saying I know everything about it, but, you know, if you do something for 10 years, you, uh, you, 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 get to, you get to know what's, you know, kind of the background of what's going on. And, I, and I'm, just, I'm just telling from the, from the Father's heart, from the Good Shepherd's heart, he wants me to tell you thank you. And he, and he wants me to communicate with you. Take time to really receive that because he knows what you've gone through. He knows the struggles and the disappointments and the problems and the, and the challenges and, and the opportunities and the, and the successes. And, you know, right after the success, you know, and you have a, you have a huge win, you know, you've, you've, you've done, you've seen, you know, five people saved and water baptized and they're becoming disciples and 
and then somebody come somebody comes up with a you know a, just a small little nitpicking problem that you know you want to you try to train them to not just bring you problems but uh, and I and I train all my leaders don't 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 ident don't come and I unless somebody's dying do not identify a problem for me unless you've come with a solution and but the bottom you know look the bottom line is this okay how do you manage um, how do you manage all that you have to manage as, as a pastor, well, first of all, you, you need to know that you're representing the good shepherd and he's, you're really blessing him. And I, I want you to just take a moment and, and receive that, that, well, how many of you have children? Yeah, how many of you have children? Okay, now your children bless you because they're your children and you love them unconditionally, right? But, how many of you have ever had any of your children do something for you that really blessed you, blessed you and blessed your heart? Any, any of you have ever had that happen? Well, in, the, in a similar way, the Father loves us unconditionally on a vertical plane, but when we, on horizontally, when we do things that represent Him and represent His heart to other people, that blesses the Father's heart. You know, we bless the Lord, oh, my soul, right? And all that is within me. And we, we can bless the Lord. And I'm telling you, what I'm hearing the Father say is thank you. You've blessed my heart. You, you've represented me. You've, you know, I've seen the things that you've done. I've, I've, I've seen the challenges that you've, that, that you've had and, and the um and the problems and all this, and, and you, you, you know, the temptations the enemies brought for you to bail out and leave and quit. And, you know, how many times I wish I had a dollar for every time I was tempted to quit, you know, and especially on Monday morning. Right. <laughs> but, but the Lord said, look, he, he's seen, he's seen your labor uh, of love. Look, look at uh, Hebrews chapter six in verse 10 is, I, I didn't write this down, but I know, I know it's in the Bible. So I'm going to turn, turn there. Hebrews 6 and verse, in verse 10 is, um, the Lord, the Lord said, for, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you've shown toward his name and that you've ministered to the saints and do minister. And so, man, he just, listen, you can't, you can't outgive God, guys. And I'm just, and I'm just sharing with you today. The man, the Lord's telling me to tell you, thank you, um, man. You, you, you've been doing it. You're doing a great job. People are, people's lives are being changed, and your, your place and role is significant. Now, He's not just telling you thank you, but he, he wants me to communicate with you. There are three blessings that come with that. Thank you. He's, he said, you, you cannot give me, uh, you've been giving and sowing and, and, you know, many times what we're looking for in the natural is we, we want to see a bigger crowd or, you know, uh, nat natural results and all that. And, and, uh, but, and, and God, and though, and that is coming, but there are three rewards 
from that are in the word that he wants me to share with you for, for uh, that he's, that is coming your way because you've been faithful. There are three rewards of the faithful. First of all, Proverbs 28, 20 says a faithful man will abound with blessings. So you just need to get ready. Now the blessings are coming your way, but now listen, this only works if you expect, if you believe it, embrace it and expect it. You, you, you need to begin. I don't care what your history is or what your experience is. Uh, God said, if you believe this, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this into your life. Uh, there, there are increased blessings. There are in, increased streams of revenue, surprise, uh, surprises that are going to come your way. Uh, because, because you've been faithful, God said, I, there, I'm going to give, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you financially. I'm going to bless you, uh, in, in just amazing ways, uh, bringing increase where you're in some of There's some of you that are just living kind of your nose just above the water. Some of you, your head's beneath the water and you just get your nose above the water financially, uh, you know, from time to time, but God said, I'm, I'm bringing you blessing. I, I, you, you can't outgive me. And I, and he's telling me to tell you, thank you. But he's just telling me to also let you know there's, there's an increase coming. If you'll just accept it and believe it, it's coming your way. Then secondly, in, in first Timothy, uh, I mean, second Timothy chapter two, um, Verse one, it says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And the things that you heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able. And so the second blessing that's coming your way is increased enablement. God doesn't add, a bit, God doesn't add faithfulness to able people. He adds ability to faithful people. And that also tells us a lot about who we should spend our time with. You know, Ben was talking about prioritizing and, and, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, when, when my ministry in church really became, I would call successful from the standpoint of kingdom values is when I spent when I, when I was able to spend 60 to 70% of my time with the leaders um, and, and, and not all the brokenhearted, wounded heart, hearts club. And, you know, in other words, you want to you wanna spend time as your church grows, you, you have to look for those low maintenance people that, that are not creating drama and strife and and all of that, find, find those people and give yourself to them. And you're going to find your ministry will, will, will be a lot more uh, successful and you'll, you'll be able to manage your time a lot better. And, you know, this is a little bit of an aside here, but you need to understand this. Okay. The kingdom of God is not fair <laughs> according to men's eyes. I mean, Jesus had 70 disciples he prayed all night and chose 12, not fair, Jesus, to the 58. Well, how the 58 respond to Jesus' choice of the 12 will determine whether they get to be promoted in that area. And so 
you know, it, it really, your choices of, of spending time with leaders will also, uh, will, will also help identify the other leaders in, in, in your church. I mean, Jesus only took, out of the 12, he only took three up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Not fair, Jesus. And then he, then out of the, then, then he only took three of the 12 to Jairus's house. Sorry, Greg, I accidentally muted you. Can you unmute and carry on? Jairus's house. <laughs> How about now? I'm there we go. Unmuted. Perfect. Keep going. Okay. So then Jesus only, he, he only, he had 12 close disciples and he only took three of those on the Mount of Transfiguration and then also to Jairus's house to see a miracle of Jesus raising uh, Jairus's daughter from the dead. And not fair, Jesus. And well, guys, look, get used to it, okay? But as leaders, as, as kingdom leaders, we have to be willing to identify those people who are faithful and we spend time with them. Uh, and then through that relationship, God's gonna add ability to them. And God said he's, he's, he's adding increased enablement in your lives. He's increasing your enablement and he's increasing your ability. Your gifts are increasing. That's, that's another blessing of faithfulness. And then, and then um, uh, Andrew was teaching on this in a minister's conference, uh, I don't know, 2003 or four, uh, somewhere along in there. And, and, and he was teaching about, you know, this is the passage on, on faithfulness, different keys of faithfulness. You endure hardness and disciplining yourself and so on. And he finished at verse six. And I went up to him afterwards and I, and I said, uh, Andrew, do you, you ever read verse seven? <laughs> and he said, well, a few times. <laughs> I said, well, did you, did you ever connect verse seven with, with what your message was on faithfulness? It says, consider what I say. And specifically, consider what I say about faithfulness, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. And so, so here's the third the third blessing that God's that God is bringing to you, leaders is is increased understanding, increased revelation and wisdom is coming your way. You're gonna you're gonna see new things in the Word that's that's gonna just it's gonna wow you. You're gonna. Man, some of you are going to see key things in the word that's going to springboard you into new series or, or write books or something that the body of Christ really needs. And so I just want to, this is the first part of what I want to share with you today is, is the Lord is really filling my heart with his gratitude in his heart for you and towards you. And he just wants to say, thank you. You know, man, I, when, when I've had the Lord just, I, I had the Lord one time I was minister. we were ministered to this couple and the gal came, the, uh, the, the, the wife came in and was telling us about her husband and how carnal he was. And he was in prison. He was about to get released and she wanted counsel. And uh, basically she was just telling all the, all the bad things about this guy. And, and, uh, 
Well, when the guy got out of prison, he was kind of rough guy, but he really had a tender heart. And we started ministering to him and discipling him. And he was a lot more responsive than she was. And so we finally, my wife and I finally, uh, and, and another couple that was helping us disciple them, we, we started putting some responsibility on her. And then she got so mad because we didn't put all the responsibility on him that she came in one day and she just cussed me up one that one side and down the other. And then she, she ran past my secretary came in and she just, I mean, she, she said words I hadn't heard before. And then she left and then she came back about five minutes later and did it again. And I was just, I told my secretary, I'm going home, you know, uh, the, this is in, this is another aside, but just make sure, guys, uh, along the lines of what Ben was saying, um, if you if you ever if you know that an appointment is going to be negative, okay, that there's going to be confrontation and uh, schedule schedule that a, as far as you can from another negative appointment, okay? Don't don't do them back to back. <laughs> All right. Anyway, this. I told my secretary, I've got to go home. Uh, anyway, I, I was just driving my car and I had to pull over to the side of the road because the presence of God filled my car. And I heard the Lord just tell me, thank you. Thank you for telling her the truth. Thank you for not watering it down because she needed to be discipled as well. Thank you for... Uh, for not holding back. And, you know, we spoke the truth in love, certainly. But uh, anyway, I'm just hearing the Lord say to you, Grace Life leaders and pastors, thank you. And you can't outgive God. He's going to, he, there, there's blessings and increase that's coming your way. There's, um, there's added uh, in, uh, enablement and giftedness coming, coming to you. He's rewarding you with that. And then, and then he's, uh, there's increased revelation and understanding coming to you. And, and I want to hear, I'd like to hear back from you uh, as God begins to, as he just begin. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I'm just the messenger telling you what he is telling me he's going to do for you and, and, and his way of saying, thank you. So, man, it, I've just, I just really sense, uh, he just, I mean, kind of a group hug here. He just wants to really tell you, man, thank you so much for laying your lives down. Thank you for responding to the call. Thank you for dealing with all the stuff. Thank you for putting up with all the, I call them EGRs, extra grace required people. Uh, thank you. And, and just know this, that those rewards are coming your way. Amen. And um, the second thing I I have in my heart, what how much time I want to be I want to be uh, honored the time here. How much time do I have? Ten minutes or five or what, Ben? You're doing I mean, good. Uh, okay, you're doing good. So, well, I want to honor uh, our next speak speaker's time. I, I don't want to. Uh, I want to honor ten minutes. Okay, so so um. The, the second thing that's, that's on my heart is uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, 
and verse 15, um, well, verse 14 says, these things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Uh, I, I want you, you know, from my heart and the Lord's heart today, I want you to understand how significant your church is to your people, to your region, to your city, to your nation, to the world. Your, your church, your ministry and your church is the agent that God, that God uses to proclaim, uphold the truth, proclaim the truth, but it's also the base and the foundation of the truth. And if there's anything that people need today, they need the truth spoken in love. And, and so many times, you know, what, what people are looking at on social media is it's a bunch of garbage. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, they'll use a scripture and then they'll, they'll actually undermine the scriptures using the scriptures. And it, and, but you, you need to understand your, your role is significant in helping people know that there's a balance between grace and faith, that the, uh, the book of Ephesians is broken right down the middle between, you know, the finished work of the cross part of, and our identity in Christ and all that we have in, in what, and we're seated together in heavenly places and God's love for us. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, but then Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. Uh, therefore, because of what we have, we're to walk worthy. So there's a, whole, there's a vertical aspect of our relationship with God, but then where he loves us unconditionally, but then there's a horizontal aspect of the love of God. And, and, and people, need, people need both aspects of that. They, and and it, it's pastors, it's churches, it's it's, it's his church that's the ground of the truth. And if you weren't there, okay, so maybe only, maybe only 12 people or 15 people showed up. Well, I mean, if you weren't there, where would those 12 or 15 go? And then all the relationships that they have. And, you know, too many times we judge the, our significance by our size. And... Guys, God does big things from little places. I mean, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and, and he, he, G, Jesus does big things from small places. Don't despise uh, your size. You just understand the significance of your role. Is that you're, you are the bastion of truth. Yours, you, you, God's entrusted you in, for you to steward the truth of his word. To, to, that, to that group of people, but also to your city, to your region, and to, to your nation, and to the nations, uh, ultimately. And, and so, and then with, with that, with that understanding, we need, we need to understand that the, the, the truth of the word, there's an assault on the truth of the word today, uh, like, like I've never seen before. Um, I'm not going to take the time to read it. You guys are Bible students, but you can see in 
in first Corinthians chapter one, uh, you know, Paul is, Paul is talking about, uh, talking about the enemies of the cross. And, and he said, there's two enemies of the cross. It's the Jews or the Pharisees, the legalists, but also the Greeks and the philosophers. And so for the, I, I would say for, you know, the last 15 years, maybe 20 years, uh, man, the truth, the church uh, uh, has been, has been attacking legalism. I mean, we've been, we, we've been, we've been learning about grace and understanding, you know, who we are in Christ. And we, we do things out of relationship and, and all of this, but today I'm not concerned about so much about the legal, about the legalists as I am about the philosophers. And I want you to look at, um, because they're basically they're exalting their their natural understanding above the word of God. I want you to look at a, a just a, real quickly at a at John chapter five, and and um, John five and verse uh, thirty thirty seven, and. Uh, verse, verse 37, it says, the father himself who sent me has testified of me. You've neither seen his, heard his voice. Uh, you've neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you. Everybody say his word, okay? His word abiding in you because whom he sent him, you do not believe. You search the scriptures. So here, Jesus is using the term scriptures and word interchangeably. Can you see that? Okay. For in them, you think you have eternal life and these are they which testify of me. So this was the, this was the Pharisees of the legalist. What were they doing? They were trying to separate the scriptures from Jesus. And Jesus said, wait a minute, guys, you, you don't, you don't, you're not going to get eternal. You're not going to receive eternal life apart from me. Okay. Uh, and you're trying to use the scriptures to separate that, you know, just you, if your knowledge of principles from me, but look, the scriptures point to me, but to, so, so the Pharisees were trying to separate the scriptures from Jesus. Okay, but the philosophers today, and we need to wake up and understand in this woke movement, okay, that the philosophers today are trying to separate Jesus from the scriptures. They were trying to separate the scriptures from Jesus, but today the Greeks or the philosophers uh, and the, I would call them the Facebook fable, uh, you know, people who who are there, it's, it's, it's false news, it's false, uh, it's, it's false grace. And they're trying to separate Jesus from the scriptures so that they can make the, they can make the word say whatever they want. And, but when Jesus was, and they'll use this very passage to try to prove that. And they'll say, see there, Jesus was saying, no, you, all you need is me. And so people will say today, well, you know, I don't need, I don't need a book 
I, 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 don't, I don't follow the scriptures. I follow Jesus, the living word. And I tell them, you know, like my good friend Barry Bennett says, you wouldn't even know how to spell Jesus if, if, you, didn't, if you didn't have the scriptures. And, and so Jesus wasn't saying that. He, he was saying, look, he wasn't saying, uh, he wasn't dissing the scriptures. He was just saying, look, when you use the scriptures, they point to me. Well, now you have, you have the philosophers, the Greeks, that, that, that they're, they're constantly trying to come up with new things and they're, they're going to, and they're undermining the scriptures. But here in this passage, and I'm going to show you quickly two other passages that do the same thing, that Jesus links, that and Jesus uses the terms, the word and scriptures interchangeably. So in his mind, they're the same. You can't, you can't change it. Let me give you a couple of other verses. Mark seven, let's look at that. And, um, and, and I'm not going to go into detail on this for sake of time, but look, you're the, we are the bastions. We are the strongholds of truth. And we have to help people when, they're, when, when they get off into these Facebook fables following people who are trying to undermine the scriptures and, and undermine the word of God. Jesus and his word are one, guys. And so Mark chapter 7 and verse 9 Jesus said, all, all too well, you reject the commandment of God. So where do we find the, the commandments of God? In the scriptures, right? So he's talking about the scriptures. For Moses said, wasn't Moses one of the writers of the scripture? Uh, Honor your father and mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him put, be put to death. But you say, and that's what's happening today. People are saying things different than the word. You say, if a man says to father and mother, whatever profit you've received from me, it's Corbin or it's a gift from God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father and mother, making the word of God of none effect. So here again, Jesus, Jesus links, and, and in his mind, it, it's, it, he, he, uses, he uses the word commandment or scriptures interchangeably with the word of God. And then one other passage, I uh, just want to show you, and you, you need to use this when you're, when you're ministering to people. John chapter 7 and verse, I mean, John chapter 10 and verse 34 through 36. John 10, 34 through 36. And, um, and Jesus answered, isn't it written in your law, as I said, your God's? If you call them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, you see that that is about as clear as it can be. Jesus himself in links, in, in, is, he uses the terms, the word of God and scripture interchangeably. What the false teachers, what the philosophers do today is they try to separate Jesus from the scripture. And you can't do it, guys. You cannot do it. Jesus said in John 17, 17, you know, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus and his word are one. And anybody, we look, here's the point. You, you and I, we are, it's, it's essential. Our, our place in the kingdom is so essential 
in giving people the truth and helping people identify the enemies of the truth, which so many people today are still trying to fight the legalists and really the, our battle against the legalists have essentially been won, but our battle against the philosophers is ongoing. And, and the answer to that, the remedy to the battle against the philosophers are, are you and I speaking the truth. Your role is essential, guys. And anybody who's the, where the legalists tried to try to, and the, the Pharisees tried to separate the scriptures from Jesus, today you've got, you've got um, philosophers who are trying to separate Jesus from the scriptures, and you can't do it. And you and I, I just gave you three uh, passages there that in Jesus' mind, he, scriptures and the word are linked and he and, he and his word are one. And, and I, I just, again, and I'm, and I'm done. Okay, we're landing the plane here. I just want you to know your role in the kingdom is so significant. And you're, you, you are the, the promoter of truth. And of course we speak the truth in love but guys, your, your role is so significant in what God's doing in this time and this hour. And uh, he's just telling me to tell you thank you, but also realize uh, we are, our, our job is so essential to our, to our city, to our people, to our nation. Um, it, it is so essential that we, that, that we have people who are upholding the truth and, and fighting against, not fighting, against people, but fighting against philosophies. Don't, don't allow people to be cheated, Colossians 2.8 says, or be spoiled or to be moved away from the truth by philosophy. How do you fight against that? You speak the truth. You speak the truth. And you got your, your role is significant. And thank you, Shane, for your leadership. You and Marna are not, you Marna, Marna are not only, uh, you know, excellent communicators of the truth. You guys are modeling the truth. And I thank God for what you, what you guys are doing and how God's building that network there. And I'm also privileged to be in a relationship with my good friend, uh, Ben Conway and Ben and Amanda, they're doing the same. God bless you guys. Thanks for Amen. this opportunity to share. Thank you so much, Greg. Uh, we really appreciate you and uh, everything that you shared a uh, huge blessing for us to have you with us. So thank you so much. And uh, just thought I would uh, highlight that we've got, I think it's 11 or 12 other churches uh, in this meeting. So it's not just Grace Life, which is uh, quite cool. Uh, um, there's pastors from all over Southern Africa and other parts of the world as well uh, who are joining us. And so you just contextualize the Grace Life blessing for you, <laughs> except my blessing. <laughs> that was mine. I'll take it. So thanks, Greg. We appreciate you.